You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Everybody to another episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jordan Hill. We're going on this uh, this Wednesday before we get to the draft. Man, I am uh, I am just happy that you allowed me to jump in here with you. Uh, NFL draft is uh, actually one of my favorite things, um, sporting events to to watch every year. So uh, this is super cool. Happy to be here. Glad to do it. Hey, and we may have to, if we start doing more episodes of these, we might have to differentiate. I may have to be Jordan since I spent some time in Auburn. So it's <laughs> kind of clear who's talking. There you go, man. Well, yeah, a lot to talk about. Obviously, this sets up to really potentially be a really, really big week for Georgia football. Uh, there's a chance that we're going to see a record number of Georgia players drafted. Uh, the record was set last year with nine. And there's a real chance for Georgia to wind up having multi, you know, double-digit guys drafted. Uh, we'll have to see, obviously, over the uh, the three days of the draft to see what happens. Uh, but a lot to talk about. That's sort of what we want to focus the episode on today is just looking at some of these players, seeing what they have to offer. You know, people who have been looking at the board and some of the stories I've been writing this week, uh, I've really tried to look at these guys, you know, see their games, try to break down what stands out. And also, you know, I think that's a good opportunity, too, for uh, NFL fans to get a chance to read about these guys. I'm sure because I'm guilty of this as a Falcons fan when they get somebody, especially if it's someone I don't know that much about. I'm going to Google and be like, hey, who is this guy? Is he, is he any good? You know, should I be excited? Should I be posting on Facebook about getting season tickets, whatever? Sure. Uh, that's, that's sort of been the plan for me this week, writing about these different guys uh, and having a chance to sort of preview what could be coming because uh, I think several of those guys have a lot of potential and could do something really special at the next level. And, and so, Jordan, I kind of want to start with what's really been, honestly, maybe the biggest conversation around the draft as a whole, not just Georgia, but it really seems like Trevon Walker, uh, Trayvon Walker has a chance to be that number one pick. You know, it seemed like for a while, you know, that he was really looked at as a top 10 guy, you know, a guy that could go uh, fairly early. Now it seems like there's more and more steam for him going number one to Jacksonville. You know, the conversation, it appears to be between Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson, that those are the two guys that kind of seem like they're in the mix for it. You know, I get the concern I've seen from a lot of people. A lot of people have looked at Trayvon's production at Georgia. The numbers don't really pop. They're not numbers that you would say are a number one pick. You know, I saw some stats that were on Twitter about how he would have the fewest sacks of a number one pick, I mean, I think essentially ever, at least in the modern era of NFL football. And I understand that concern. I also understand that you look at a team like Jacksonville and you go, I mean, they have a history of making picks that wind up not working out. But to (laughs) me, the biggest thing that I would say in defending Trayvon and saying that he could really work out, he could be something special, it kind of goes back to something Kirby told us at Pro Day. You know, people were asking because even then, you know, Trayvon was looked at as a top 10 pick. And still, even at as a top 10 pick, those numbers don't just wow you. You don't go, oh, yeah, that's a top 10 pick. He talked about what they asked Trayvon to do in the defense, you know, what he was asked to do. 
playing a lot of defensive tackle, not really playing a ton of edge, which is what he's projected to do at the next level, I think can do really, really well. But Kirby really hit on the fact um, that Trayvon did what he was asked. And I think you see that with some of the other guys when we get to talking about some of these inside linebackers, like Channing Tindall never had a, a start at Georgia, you know, a, an official start, but played a big role and obviously has a chance to go play in the NFL uh, because of his talent and what he was able to do at Georgia as well. So, uh, yeah, Jordan, you can kind of chime in here, but like to me, I don't really worry so much about the statistics when it comes to a guy like Trayvon Walker. I understand, you know, looking at the the measurements, seeing what he's got as far as athleticism, that athletic ability. I, I can understand why Jacksonville would look at him as a really intriguing prospect. And again, I think if he goes number one, there may be people that say, you know, oh, this this is bound not to work. And I'm not convinced of that. I think that he's got a chance to be a really good player. And I think in time he could live up to the hype that naturally comes with being the number one pick. Right, right. I think the biggest thing with him is is, is like you were saying, he he just kind of was a tweener in Georgia's system. Um, you know, they're moving him inside on third downs. So, you know, he's he's not actually like playing off the edge so much. You know, you you look at his his best season was this year. He's at you know he has six sacks, um, I think thirty three tackles, something like that. Um, which, like you're saying, doesn't really look good from a from a stat perspective but you look at the measurables and i mean the guy's a legit six five he also runs a four five uh, i mean he's as athletic as they come i think you know if, if the jaguars are taking him number one that's a really good pairing with josh allen if you're going to play him off the edge because i don't, I don't think in the jaguar scheme you're going to be looking at him as as moving inside as much um, like this is a guy that they're probably just traditionally going to play off the edge. I think, you know, and this is another guy we'll get to with, with Jordan Davis's limitations, maybe on third down, they kind of felt like they needed to move someone like Trayvon Walker inside. Well, I mean, let's just be honest. The the guys that are, that are playing in the NFL right now, the Jaguars that are defensive tackler, are probably a little more than capable of playing on third down. So I think he's going to be playing off the edge. And honestly, I think if if the Jaguars take him, as much as it pains me to hear it as a Titans fan, that it would be a great pick for them. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And obviously what's going to be really interesting, whether he's the pick or not, is sort of you know the domino effect from there. What happens with those other picks? Because it seems like to me at least – this is a year where, especially the top 10, it's very hard to pinpoint, well, this is going to happen, you know, this for sure. Oh, this guy is definitely going at six, seven, eight. You know, I, I think it's got a chance to be a really uh, challenging year as far as mocking what's going to happen. I think there's a number of guys that can get in the mix. Uh, and really the big question sticking with Georgia, looking at the top 10, top 25, top 32, that first round specifically, the big question besides Trevon Walker, where he winds up going, is going to be how many Georgia players go off the board in those first 32 picks. And it seems like, and it's sort of natural when it comes to the NFL draft, that you have guys, you know, ebbing and flowing as far as what people feel like stock up, stock down. And, and some of those guys, Jordan Davis is obviously a guy that got a lot of attention, rightfully so, last year. A guy that is very interesting and is a guy that the question is, can he be a three-down lineman? And I kind of want to go go back to uh, sort of going back to what Kirby said at Pro Day. 
it was pretty much mirror what he said about Trayvon Walker was that he wasn't asked to do that. Jordan Davis wasn't asked to be a three down lineman, um, but he said with conditioning, he can do it, that he is capable. It's just sort of a na- the nature of what he was asked to do. Um, so Jordan's a guy to watch. I don't know. You know, it seems like realistically he might go in the teens based on what we've been seeing, but you just never know, especially with defensive tackle, if teams decide that they have needs elsewhere they want to meet. Personally, as a Falcons fan, I wouldn't be very upset if they decided to go get him and, and plug, especially with the the talk that's kind of surrounding the Falcons franchise that Grady Jarrett might be headed out. So uh, Jordan Davis would be a good fit there. Uh, but interesting to see what happens to him. Vontae Wyatt, another defensive lineman. You talk about coming into a draft. You know, we see it especially with Georgia's inside linebackers in this draft class. But to have the top two defensive tackles, I mean, that it's just – it's, you kind of get spoiled as a Georgia fan to think about how rare that is. To even have two guys that would be considered in the top three rounds, I think, is something worth celebrating. You got the top two and could very well have guys picked in the first 25 picks at the same position in the same position group. Um, so that'll be something to watch. And then we were talking, Jordan, before we started recording the podcast and, and going live about N'Kobe Dean. I think of all the guys, especially of the guys that are seen as, you know, potential first round, second round for Georgia. He's one of my biggest question marks, not because of his own ability. I think he's a really good linebacker. I think that just watching him diagnose plays, it's, it's like watching someone who was looking, you know, playing a video game and was looking over the shoulder of the guy they're playing. They know what's coming. I mean, he's running over there, and you're like, how, how do you know the ball is going Screen watching, screen watching, man. Kobe's <laughs> doing that in real life. And, you know, there's been a lot of concern because of his height, his size. You know, will he slip? Will he drop out of that first, uh, first round, you know, not go in the top 32? I think it's going to be a situation – I think he's a first-round talent. We'll obviously see what the league thinks. Obviously, what they think matters a little bit more than than what I think. But I just get the sense, and I said this on a radio hit the other day talking about Nakobe. we're going to see a team that traditionally drafts well, especially on defense. The two teams that really come to mind to me are the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots. I see a team like that drafting Kobe and everybody watching, whether you're a Georgia fan or follow the program or don't, are going to go, yeah, that makes sense. And that, I mean, to see a team do that, I, I just think someone is going to realize what he can be and say, you know, hype be damned, he, he's going to be a guy that can make plays for us for the next few years for sure. Right. Uh, I, w- I want to hit on uh, Jordan Davis real quick. Um a guy that that really like I thought he compared to really well um, coming into the draft is someone like Vita Vea, where um, you know Jordan Davis has not always been known for having the best conditioning. Um, he's just a big guy, you know. And I think Vita Vea, it kind of took him a year or two to really get adjusted to the NFL game, you know, just speed wise, conditioning wise. But uh, I've seen a lot of teams actually mock him to to the Ravens, uh, like we were just talking about. And man, I think that'd be the perfect fit. You know, uh, a team where he can go in and he, and he he can play as a as a as a three four nose tackle, and he can kind of just eat up space for a while until he starts getting that conditioning along. And man, I really just think they're looking for that Calais Campbell replacement anyway, right? Um, but to hit on 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 the Kobe Dean, I mean, man, what a home run that would be for any team. 
guys are talking about height for linebackers like that really matters. I mean, what is uh like what does it actually matter? I mean, if you look at the average size of an NFL linebacker, I would guess like height is probably going to be around six one, and Nakobe's probably five eleven. Is it that big of a deal? No. We talked off air. Uh, like I said, I'm a Titans fan. The Titans have had Jayon Brown for the past four years, and you know he's been a very solid linebacker. He's every bit of five ten. So I don't think height should play into it at all. That guy is as instinctual as they come at the linebacker position. Um, you know, we talked about could the Patriots take a guy like that and make everyone pay again, like they, when they took Dante Hightower. So. I think uh, I think whoever nabs him up is uh, is getting an extremely good player. No doubt about it, and I think it's going to be something worth watching just to see where he lands, just to see how quickly he sort of hits the ground running. Because I think he is a guy that can contribute, and I think he's got a chance to to put together a really good career. Uh, Jordan, we'll talk about a few more players real quick before we take a break, and I want to kind of focus on some of those guys, especially this week that I keep hearing, you know, reports, you know, NFL insiders, guys who know what's coming in the draft, uh, guys and, and girls alike who know what's coming in the draft, uh, guys that seem to be getting a little bit of steam as far as Georgia players who could potentially sneak into that first round. And I want to rattle off three guys real quick, talk about them. Uh, guys who were pointed to, uh, there was an NFL.com report on Tuesday that kind of pointed at these three guys as, hey, these guys could potentially sneak into the first round. It was Quay Walker, another inside linebacker from Georgia. Lewis Seen, who was a guy that played and, and did a really good job at safety and, and was a guy that even when we talked to him at Pro Day, he talked about having positional versatility, that he'd be willing to play you know, linebacker safety wherever he was wanted. And also another guy that sort of along with N'Kobe Dean is a guy that I'm really interested just seeing where he lands, is George Pickens, a receiver that obviously missed a lot of time last year because of the knee injury in the spring. But we see his big playability. I mean, he made a 51, 52-yard catch in the national title game against Alabama, made plays throughout his career, just had some injuries along the way that kind of slowed him down. Uh, Those three guys, I think, could be, you know, interesting – uh, players that we turn around, you know, I'm expecting going into the draft that we see maybe three, four Georgia players taken in the first round, which obviously would be a huge accomplishment, speaks to the program and the amount of success, the amount of talent coming out this year. Um, but some of those guys, I think, have really promising futures. You know, uh, Lewis talked about at Pro Day the fact that he thinks being versatile in the way he is with his position is going to really intrigue teams, that it's going to challenge NFL personnel to say, we want him, where can we play him? You know, kind of, he sort of saw it as a good problem to have. And, I mean, the way he hits at safety, you can see um, the potential of bringing him in and leaving him there and also maybe bringing him up. I mean, maybe, you know, getting him in the box and letting him make plays there. I think that's really appealing if you're going to look at him and see you know, sort of look at him as a physical specimen and decide, all right, how best can we use him? We know he's talented. We just got to figure out the spot to put him in. Uh, Quay Walker is another guy, like we said. To me, I mean, I just can't get over the amount of talent at inside linebacker. And the fact that, you know, Quay has looked at, there were reports in that NFL.com story 
that he may be the first linebacker off the board. And you just think about that, and you think about the potential of him going over someone like N'Kobe Dean, the Utah linebacker I've heard a lot about. He yeah, could go he's exactly. a great player too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, the, there's a chance for him to go and, and have a chance to go show out. So it's going to be really interesting just to see, to me, if we haven't seen those guys picked, say, by pick 25, pick 26, just watching the end of the draft, if we see a team decide to trade up, if we see a team that wants one of those guys, I could see a team that's wide receiver needy, like I'll throw out my Atlanta Falcons. I'd love nothing more than to see them decide to come back in the end of that first round and go get a George Pickens. But there's going to be, I feel like, a team that looks at a guy like the three we're talking about right here and says it's worth trading one of these later picks or even a pick next year to move up and get these guys. Uh, There's a lot of talent between those three, and I think that we're going to see – you know, I think it's very possible that one of those three kind of sneaks in there by the time the first round ends on Thursday night, and I think a team's going to feel really good about the decision they made to go get them. Yeah, to hit on Lewis Seen real quick, um, you know, you, you talked about position versatility with him. I would be shaking in my boots if I was an offensive coordinator in the NFL and I saw a uh, 6-2 sub 4-4 safety linebacker guy, you know, just playing all over the field. That would terrify me. Um, actually, before um, before the season actually ended, Kip was talking about Lewis Seen on one of our mailbag episodes. Could be one of the guys that that we could uh, that we could see end up, you know, improving his draft stock tremendously. And I think that's exactly what he did in twenty twenty one. Also, George Pickens. I think if uh, w- without that ACL injury, I think you know we're probably talking about George Pickens right now as as competing for to to be the 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 first receiver taken, right? You know. It could be Drake London or, or, or George Pickens. But, um, yeah, if if Pickens is, is falling to the second round, I mean, that's a, that's a steal, um, definitely. Yeah, a lot to watch with those guys. And, again, just to follow what they're able to do even as rookies, I think some of those guys have a chance to step in and, and play meaningful snaps, which I know that uh, – Obviously, they got a lot of talent, but you know that the the sort of uh, learning curve to get to the NFL is considerable. But we've seen, you know, I wrote today a story that came out this morning just talking about the players that have been drafted from Georgia since Kirby Smart took over as head coach. And a lot of those guys have been really productive. And even looking back to last year's class, a lot of guys saw the field as rookies. I mean, I was really impressed. And I think that, you know, I'm sure a lot of the league has noticed that. And I think that they understand that if you get a Georgia guy that they've got a chance, doesn't mean they will, um, but they have a chance to play and, and play meaningful snaps for you right away. Um, so we got several other players to talk about before we wrap this up, but we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get back and talk a little bit more about the draft. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
Com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Welcome back after a little break there. Yeah, the thing, too, we've talked about a, a group that, you know, has a chance to go really early, might be off the board on that first day. But there's a number of other guys that I think are going to be in the mix uh, once we go through and before the seven rounds are done, uh, Channing Tindall is a guy I wrote about. I think that came out either today or yesterday. Another really instinctive linebacker, a guy that, again, I, I think you just look at the talent they've had at linebacker the last few years. You know Jordan, uh, know it well with Monty Rice being there with the Titans. Yeah. You know, Roquan Smith even going before then. You know, I think that you don't really worry about with a guy like Channing uh, the fact that he never started. I think that he's still a guy that um, made a lot of plays and really stepped up. I think he had something like seven or eight tackles in the championship game. I mean, as much talent as on the field in a championship game like that, you've got to feel really, really good about what he would be capable of doing. You know, I've been really interested looking at the offensive linemen, the two guys that are coming out uh, with uh, Jamari Sawyer and Justin Schaefer. Seeing where they kind of end up, where they make the most sense, um, what winds up happening. You know, Jamari played left tackle for most of the last season. He moved over and played guard in the championship game. You know, maybe that versatility helps him. Maybe the fact that he'll have a chance to kind of show out and, and, and maybe make a roster because he's able to play different positions. I'm sure that that's only going to help him. Uh, Darion Kendrick cornerback that came over from Clemson last year. You know, he kind of had a rough go of it at uh, the pro day Georgia had. I think his 40 time was a little bit slower than we were really anticipating. But a guy that made a lot of plays. So, you know, you look at a situation with guys like that, especially when we see where exactly Darion goes, um, it's going to be big to be a special teamer. You know, it's probably going to be an opportunity for some of these guys, even – you know, some of these other players we haven't talked about, like the running backs, James Cook, Samir White. It could be a situation where you get into these preseason games in August and you get an opportunity, you need to go make the most of it. So it'll be interesting to see uh, where those guys land. And uh, again, you know, sometimes you just got to find a way to make the roster. And that's going to be a challenge for some of these guys once we get uh, get a feel for where they're actually going to be playing in the NFL. Yeah, definitely. Um, man, I'm I'm glad you brought up the running backs. Um, cause man, I think James Cook is gonna freaking flourish in the NFL. Um, that guy just has Alvin Kamara written all over him to me. Um, just so elusive, so good after the catch. Um, I think he just you know he never really found his footing till really his senior year at Georgia, at least in my opinion. And then of course Zeus. I mean. Absolutely massive guy. Um, you know, I'd love to see like where he's gonna go. I, I I think they're just such just two quality players. And one of the things I, that I've really just admired about Kirby Smart's, um, you know, maybe recruiting efforts would be the best way to put it is is just how he keeps all of his running backs fresh. 
you know, there's not one guy that's that's having to carry the ball 25 times a game. He just splits it up so evenly. And obviously longevity is a huge thing whenever you talk about, you know, NFL running backs. You, you don't see a ton of guys that are getting, you know, just a lion's share of carries that are super successful at the next level, at least in today's NFL, right? But these guys, I mean, I think they just have so much tread left on the tires, and there's no doubt in my mind that their best football is ahead of them. Yeah, James is a guy that I'll be really excited to see what happens. And two, to the point you just made, Jordan, what I thought was really interesting this spring is really getting the feel for the running backs coming back, Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh. They kind of talked about something that it really seems like has been adopted by those running backs in that room is understanding that they're going to have to wait their time. I mean, you know, that was something that, you know, Kendall really talked about was, hey, I think Kendall was a four-star recruit. I mean, obviously a a big-time recruit. And he talked about the fact that you come to a place like Georgia, you know you're going to sit for a little bit. And, you know, he took that in stride. He talked about learning from guys like Zamir and James. Obviously, we'll see this year if he's able to kind of make the most of that, especially with probably more playing time. Uh, But the thing that I really like if I was a team looking at James Cook is just his ability to catch out of the backfield. I mean, if you can have a running back that you know you can trust and you can throw to. I mean, we saw a few years ago a guy that really made a lot of plays at Georgia and is doing a good job of being a passing back is DeAndre Swift with the Lions. I was looking at his numbers the other day, and, I mean, he obviously has become such an important threat in their passing game. And you think about, too, with where they are in the last season or so in Detroit, the fact that, I mean, they really need him to play a part in that passing game. You know, James Cook may find himself in a place where he's needed. He could, you know, realistically be one of the top receiving targets. You know, I think that only does James Cook well. I'm sure a lot of people realize that are in the league uh, who his older brother is, seeing a guy like Dalvin. You know, obviously he is not Dalvin Cook, but I think he can be a really productive back. I think he's a guy that is capable of coming in and, you know, fighting for for a chance to play a little bit. And again, that'll the fact he can catch the ball in the backfield is only going to do him a world of good uh, when it comes to playing at the pro level. Yeah, yeah, 100% agreed. Um of all the of all the Georgia prospects going into this draft, I mean if if you're talking under the radar guys, James Cook's the one I'm most excited about. Um but I'm kind of glad you brought up Darion Kendrick too. Um the more I looked at film of him just kind of in preparation for this, or maybe not film, maybe highlights, but the more I looked at those, the more I was like, man, Darion Kendrick was just in the right place at the right time, almost all the time last year. And that's kind of crazy for a guy that's not been playing corner very long. You know, he started out as a receiver at Clemson. And and I think maybe his first couple of seasons even, even played full-time at receiver. Um, but yeah, just an athletic guy who really didn't, you know, make many mistakes. And, and, and maybe he didn't test well, you know, that could be for any number of reasons, but I think he's a super quality player, you know, just wherever he goes. Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, if you get into a situation near the end of the draft where, you know, he's still on the board, obviously only time will tell where he winds up being picked. But I think you could see someone in the scouting department saying, let's take a chance on this guy. We watched him make a whole lot of plays. Uh, you know, at Clemson and Georgia alike, let's see what he's got. So, you know, that I could see that playing out for him. And I think it could, in the long run, 
uh, play out well for him. And, and really, you know, he'll be able to make the most of whatever situation he winds up in. Uh, really, the only two players uh, that I'm aware of that we really haven't talked about so far, uh, John Fitzpatrick, a tight end, and Jake Camarda, a punter, uh, two guys that are going to be looking to be drafted from Georgia. You know, John Fitzpatrick is going to be a situation that I'm really interested just to see what happens um, if he gets his opportunity. Uh, you know, to me, I think about Charlie Warner, who played at Georgia and never really had a huge role while he was at Georgia. But I was looking at his numbers and he's played quite a bit for the 49ers. I mean, I think the fact that he's carved out a, a role and an opportunity on a really good team, a team that has obviously um, been a championship contender for the most part these last few years. You know, John played hurt last year and Kirby talked about that as well at Pro Day was the fact that he kind of gritted through. Uh, could have had surgery and wanted to put it off. His numbers as far as a receiver are not going to wow you, um, but uh, I think someone could see him as a, a player that they could bring in and and obvi- obviously um, play a big role and that we could turn around and be like, man, I didn't know John Fitzpatrick was capable of doing that. But uh, you look at what tied in uh, the value you can find in that position, and I think you see him as someone that might be worth taking a chance on. Seeing what he's got, we've seen, obviously, the tight ends uh, Georgia currently has and has turned out over the last few years. Um, he's someone that I think will be really interesting. And then with Camarda, I don't know if it uh, bodes well, but we were talking, Jordan, before we started recording about the 40 time he put up. I think it was like a four, five, six. I don't know if that really translates, but uh, it certainly can't do you, do yourself uh, any uh, trouble when you're looking to go play um, but but to be fair also and to be serious for a second about Camarda, he was statistically one of the best punters Georgia's ever had. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. Um, I think it takes a really special punter to get drafted. You see a lot of undrafted free agents, um, and I know that there are really good punters in this class, like Matt Ariza out of San Diego State. That might be a guy that winds up getting drafted. Um, but I think he's got a chance to go play in the pros. I think Camarda's got an opportunity. Um, and there's teams I know that need punters, and uh, he'll I'm sure he'll get his chance to show what he's got uh, and try to make a team coming out of uh, uh, out of camp. Punters are people too. Punters are people too. People forget that Jordan, but we <laughs> have been from day one. That's been when I stepped in when I joined the team. I I really wanted to make people uh, understand that punters are people too. Um, so we'll be all over the draft coverage. Um, we'll be uh, covering everything going on. I'll have plenty of stories. I'm still, as soon as we get off this podcast, I'm going to write some more stories looking at some of these players. Um, but it's going to be a fun week. I think there's a real opportunity for Georgia to break that record they set last year with nine guys drafted over seven rounds. Um, it's going to be something to celebrate if you're a Georgia fan because a lot of these guys are going to see um, big opportunities come through and have a chance to go play at the next level and uh, and have something uh, to really, uh, you know, launch uh, careers with. And it's only going to make Georgia look good because obviously um, something Kirby had said, talking about recruiting based off the draft, based off of the pro days and the combine, is that when you go to these recruits now, if you feel like this guy's the next George Pickens, you can point to George Pickens. Yeah. If you see somebody you think's the next Jordan Davis, you can point to Jordan Davis. And I think that's a huge asset. And it's getting to the point where Georgia's got more and more 
examples that are going into the league that these coaches can point to and say, Hey man, you can be the next. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, Kirby's got a, got a pretty good track record of, uh, of just throwing high quality talent into the league. And, and I mean, I think you're really seeing that show up in recruiting, you know, 2020, they have, uh, the, the top overall class and, and 21, they finished top three. So yeah, I think, uh, this is really paying dividends. No doubt about it. Well, before we wrap this up, Jordan, I, I can't, uh, I would be remiss to not bring up, we're talking about all this talent leaving Georgia. Uh, Georgia got a big commitment on Monday, a guy that obviously in time may wind up coming to Georgia, a four-star cornerback, Justin Rett, committed to Georgia. If that name sounds familiar to some of the fans that kind of sort of follow uh, recruiting, uh, Jordan Rett, or Justin Rett, I should say, uh, was the guy that uh, came to G-Day, uh, was a Notre Dame commit at the time. Uh, by the time the sun went down in Athens, he had decommitted. So obviously people were really excited about the potential of adding him. Georgia does that. He verbally commits on Monday. A four-star in the 2023 class. Now I think it's another big commitment for Georgia. I think it's a very talented guy coming out from the West Coast. Georgia continues to pull guys that have a lot of talent uh, that aren't necessarily in their backyard. So uh, to come from a program like Bishop Gorman, it's a it's a program that has annually uh, put out some of the best players in the nation. And uh, I think it's a good sign when you're able to beat the likes of a Notre Dame for a kid like that. Obviously, we're a long, long way uh, from signing day at this point. But uh, Georgia continues to add to this 2023 class. I think you have to feel good about how things are shaping up. I think you have to feel good. Well, Coach is going back on the road this week, trying to get things going and and uh, feeling good about the the progress they're being that is being made. Um, Tourette was a big pickup for Georgia, and I think uh, it's probably going to be just a start as they continue to add more and more talent to this 2023 class. Yeah, absolutely. Um, quality pickup there. Wish I knew more about him. <laughs> All, hey, we got we got all summer. We got all summer, Jordan. Especially after uh, this draft week, we can totally focus. We can we can exactly. write a book on Justin Red. <laughs> You're exactly right. Man. Well, all right, we're gonna wrap it up at that point. I want to throw a uh, shout out to Jordan for coming on the podcast, hanging out with me, talking a little bit about the draft. Uh, there's gonna be plenty of content, plenty of things to talk about coming out once the three days of the draft are over with. Want to remind everybody to make sure and check out our content on Dogs247. Going to have plenty of stories. Going to have plenty of wrap-up. Going to have stories looking to 2023. Who are some of those Georgia guys that we may be talking about this time next year? So uh, going to be no shortage of content uh, and excited. Just get it started. I feel like it's just sort of been building up. We know we're almost there. It's almost like Christmas. You're just, you're just ready for, for it to get here and, and for us to see where all these guys are going. So on that note, I want to thank everybody for watching, thanking everybody for listening, subscribing. Uh, make sure and, and keep an eye out for more content and, and uh, more good stuff coming down the road. Uh, so again, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll wrap it up there. Until next time, take care. to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. 
From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.